Hello, friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 23rd day of November. I'm your host, Paul White. That uh, 23rd day of November here in the United States is Thanksgiving Day. This is the day set aside in our country for national thanks. And most of the time it is uh, accompanied by large quantities of food that is often cooked for days until there's more food than you know what to do with. (laughs) And people sit and watch football and take naps and just enjoy one another's company, and hopefully you'll be enjoying the company of those that you're with. And I'm not speaking a universal definition of this to everyone. I know that uh, everyone comes at it from different backgrounds and different places. So in whatever way that if you're in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving today, um, I pray that it is a time of true Thanksgiving for you. Uh, I would like to encourage you, if you haven't watched, we put up a midweek video this week Uh, on Give Thanks. This was a little meeting that we had with our midweek group where we actually shared the Eucharist. Eucharist is Thanksgiving in the Greek. And and we shared that together and I shared a word on thanks and we posted that. It went up yesterday. So if you're looking for a little short message on giving thanks, something to sort of focus your mind on Thanksgiving as a spiritual concept, Uh, then I encourage you to watch that or listen to that. The audio, of course, available here where you get your podcast. That was a little bit of a breakaway. We finished the Ruth study, and so we started. did that as a way to get us to our next study, which will be um, Anticipating Christ. We're going to look at Advent uh, at these midweek lessons all the way up through Christmas. Well, today, uh, this is not a Thanksgiving-themed lesson. because That's why I was telling you about that other one. You can go watch Give Thanks if you need a Thanksgiving-themed message on this day. We're going to continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke. We're in chapter 4. And yesterday, we read the 18th and 19th verses, those famous, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But I want to begin the, the sort of the breakdown, pulling some of the the, the meet in from the, these passages to the surface to really let us focus so that it's not just this group thing because there's so much happening in this text I think it's worth looking at let's start with the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me jesus is the eternal son of god jesus is not an afterthought it is not god looking at the earth and saying okay this none of this other stuff is working so i'll become one of them i i sometimes tongue in cheek say it that way but it's it's not that way at all it's not as if god decides at the last moment uh, well now i'll become a man uh, Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He didn't be, if he's eternal, then he didn't become the anointed Savior. He's always been Savior. We know this because the, the Bible tells us that he was from the foundation of the world. And so it's it's Christ in Isaiah 61:1, speaking through Isaiah. It's the Spirit of Christ speaking through the prophet when he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Isaiah is saying it, he's writing it, or someone writing under the name Isaiah, but it's the spirit of Christ speaking through the prophet. Notice that he does not say, the spirit has come upon me, because that would denote that the spirit of the Lord was not on Jesus, and then the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. But 
what we see at his baptism back in chapter 3, and the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him in the form of a dove, that was just the sign that revealed the eternal truth that he is the anointed Son of God. That is not a temporal truth. That is not a 10 seconds ago he wasn't anointed, but boom, now he's anointed. Jesus is the anointed Savior. We get to see that through the sign of the dove at his baptism, but it's just a sign. He is the eternal Son of God. So when he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, yes, he's quoting Isaiah 61, but in a way that I I hope I can convey properly, he's quoting himself. He's quoting the Spirit of Christ that rests upon that prophecy of Isaiah. So what is he anointed to do? This is the crucial part of these verses because it really shows us the heartbeat of the anointed Jesus. What is he here to do? The very first thing that Jesus proclaims the anointing is upon him for is to preach the gospel to the poor. Gospel is a proclamation. Now, I know there are at least seven different usages of gospel in the Bible, whether it's the gospel of peace, the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom. So I'm not trying to break them down into the individual components. That's a worthwhile study. I I truly believe it's worthwhile to study all the proclamations of good news. But when we say the phrase gospel, we're speaking about not just saying good news, we're, we're, we're talking about a proclamation, The gospel is more proclamation than invitation. A lot of us have turned the gospel into an invitation. We say, here's what God did for you. Won't you accept him? We invite you to accept him. Won't you come up here and accept him? Are you going to pray this prayer and accept him? And then the gospel becomes a doorway to ask Jesus into your heart as an individual savior. But that's not what gospel means. The gospel is a proclamation of good news that the king has arrived, that he's brought something with him. The the Greek or the Romans would use this word. The Caesars would use the phrase gospel to proclaim the ascent of a new Caesar, that it was good news, you got a new emperor. So when the Christians begin using the word, they're using it in a sense of good news, there's a new king on the scene. And that's the best possible news to the poor because they're at the bottom of the ladder in every way. And by hearing the gospel proclaimed to the poor, they're hearing good news. There's a new kingdom. And in the new kingdom, you get in first because in the kingdoms of the earth, you are forgotten, marginalized, stepped on. But in the kingdom of Christ... There's no reputation that gets you in, no money that gets you in, no authority nor power that gets you in. So good news, poor. The kingdom has come. We're going to look at some more of these as we break this verse down tomorrow. Have a great Thanksgiving to all of my American friends and to everyone else. Be thankful. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.